What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Um, I saw a couple of posts yesterday, and they say, I want to remember 912. I'm like, I get that. I get that. Um, Because in the midst of what was pure evil, and in the midst of what was so confusing, like, what in the world is happening? Um, we saw some of the best in people and some of the best in our country come together. Like literally people that 24 hours before would have been at each other's throats were, were hugging each other and crying together. We're, we're praying together. We're figuring out like what in the world can we do? Like we'll do anything. What can we do to, to help, to, to support, to encourage? And one of the things that I saw happen, and I'm sure for those that can remember like Within the, the days and the weeks and even the months after that, we saw, we saw the churches filled with people who were, who were, they were, whether they were returning to a faith that maybe they had once walked away from or had just kind of become disconnected, whether they didn't have a faith specifically, but they knew there was something that they needed that was bigger than them. And they're like, I don't know what to do. Maybe I should just go to church. Um, and even for those that it was already a part of their life, you saw something kind of ramp up in the spirit. And it was amazing to watch. It was powerful to see, but um, even over the course of time, you saw that kind of wane a little bit. And so I, I kind of wonder when I look back over that particular time, because there were some amazing things that came out of that as well. We'll talk about that. But, but we, we, I wonder if during that time, if, if the church as a whole, because it wasn't even just in America, this was happening around the globe, People were flooding to churches to pray, to, 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 to check their faith, to really dive into like, man, life could be way shorter than we actually think it is. Maybe I should take this thing a little bit more seriously when I look at the big scope of what, you know, what is this all about? But I, but I wonder at the time, was, was the church as a whole, was the church ready for that? Was the church ready for what, for what God sent them? And, and I think that's a big question that we need to be thinking about now. It's, it's easy to, to be able to try to focus on that and ask that question when it's in the midst of a significant tragedy. Because, you know, your adrenaline's going, your focus is laser, the things that matter get bigger and the things that really don't matter kind of fade away, right? And you're just kind of in it. What can I do? All right, we're here for people. We're going to do what it takes. But when the adrenaline of, of an event wears off and we go back into, you know, what we've what we, what we call normal, which who knows what that is anymore, but that's not the point. When we go back into just kind of the normal flow of life and, and the normal distractions of life and busyness of life and the things that kind of, that will challenge your priorities based on the tyranny of the day, right? I wonder like if we, if we lose sight of who we are as the church, will we, will we be ready to respond when God sends a harvest our way? Or when it's time for us to go out and respond in a, very particular harvest season to connect with people and be the thing that the world is hoping that we will be so that they can connect with what God's trying to do in their life. So, so today we're going to, um, we're, we're kind of diving into a new series starting today. And it's something that's going to take us into really the next few months. 
and and I'll be the first to tell you that this is this series will um, is going to be very heavily geared around discipling who you are, either as a Jesus follower or somebody who is on that journey trying to figure out faith. It's going to be very heavy on that. So, you know, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to kind of do my thing, even though whether I'm sitting down, standing up, I'm still kind of messing around with stuff. So y'all can have grace for me. I kind of like it a little bit though, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I think it's super important for us right now as a church, when we look at everything that's going on in the world around us, to be able to answer a very, what seems like a simple question. And that question is this, what is the church? What is the church? So the series is literally just going to be called The Church. I thought of that um, all by myself. Um, <laughs> today specifically, uh, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ, the center. Because at the end of the day, when we talk about what the church is, if we don't address this point right here, that Jesus is the center, then we're already off before we even get started. When we talk about what the church is, um, what we don't want to do is something that has become very culturally uh, the norm right now, which is you ask people about deep things and, and places of belief, and a lot of what you hear are, well, I, I feel like, and then they fill it in. Or I think, X, you know, and they fill in. And so I wanna, I wanna be clear about where we're gonna go when we talk about the church. We're not gonna go in a direction where we talk about, well, I, I think the church is this. Or to me, when I hear church, I feel like X, Y, and Z. We're not going to do that. So that's why we're doing this series, because we don't want to answer the question ourselves. We want the Lord to speak to us and answer the question himself. Now, luckily for us, we, we don't have to, uh, you know, fast for 100 days and have the angels descend from heaven to speak to us. The Holy Spirit will absolutely speak to us, but guys, God gave us his word. And so a lot through the series, we're actually going to be going through uh, much of the book of Acts, which is when the church started. When you want to know what something was meant to be originally, go back to when it first started, and you'll be able to see the origins of its history, what God intended, what was the emphasis, what gave it identity. So when we want to talk about what the church is, very specifically, if we want to really boil it down, we're talking about identity. We're talking about the identity of the church. And so again, this is part of the intro, but throughout this series, when we uh, don't disconnect yourself from like, oh, we're just talking about the big church, and no, like everything that we talk about in this context, you will be able to also take and apply to your own life. Because here's the cool thing. Uh, you, as an individual, when you are a Jesus follower, you become a part of the body of Christ. Now, when you, as a part of the body of Christ, begin to gather with other people that are part of the body of Christ, you're the church. I mean, we could even go as mathematically technical, two or three. Scripture says that where two or three are gathered in his name, in representation of the kingdom of God, their God is right there in the midst of them. So, uh, so we've got that covered today. We've got the two or three plus covered today, so that's good. Uh, but what we need to understand is that as we don't allow the, the, the word of like the big church, the global church, even talking about Convo Church, be something that you detach from what God is also trying to speak to you as an individual because you're a part of it. And if Jesus needs to be the center of the church, Jesus also needs to be the center of you, of your, of your world, 
of your entire existence. So, so when we look at um, when we look at the challenge of identity, there's something I want to point out. Identity is something that is not the the power of identity is not something that is a secret to the enemy of the world. Now, when I say the enemy, I'm not talking about uh, people that don't like us or people that have a different opinion than you of certain things. When I say the enemy, I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about the kingdom of darkness. I'm talking about the principalities and powers that are against the kingdom of God and against people who were created in God's image, which people are, uh, faith or no faith, are still created in God's image. That's why God loved them so much that he went to the furthest extent to give his own son so that he could bring those sons and daughters back into relationship with him. So when we understand identity, we need, we need to know that that is the number one target that the enemy of the kingdom of God is going after. Because he knows that if he can get to your identity and he can create confusion within who God created you to be, then he can get your eyes off of what should be the center of your world. So if I could even, we seem to be boiling things down. So, we're getting, so down to even more, if I was to look at our culture right now and use one word to kind of sum up what we see happening, I would use the word confusion. Like confusion about everything. I mean, it's, it's not even, an, it's not isolated at all. We're talking about confusion. What's my purpose or who am I supposed to be? We, there, there, there's family confusion. There's, uh, there, there's, uh, there's international confusion. There's political confusion. There's uh, sexual confusion. There's, uh, you know, career confusion. Like we can be as generic or specific as we want, but you see it everywhere. There's confusion. And I want to just lay the framework to tell you that, that when, when confusion is rampant, God is not at the center of that because God is not a God of confusion. If you find yourself in a place, you can categorize it however you desire for what you are dealing with or going through. But when you find yourself in a place of confusion, I want you to hear the voice of God calling out to you to say, hey, come back to me. Come back and take, make me be again the center of your world. Because when we do that, and again, that's not, you don't flip a switch, okay? I get that. It's not, okay, oh, all of a sudden, man, everything's cleared up now. I want to just think of that the first time. No, it's, it's a process. It's a journey. And so is grace. So is mercy. So is the journey of a Jesus follower. It's not always clean. It's, and, it, and it sure as heck is not easy all the time. Like, sure, you might have some great moments, but there are things that we wrestle with because we are broken people living in a broken, fallen world. And so kind of what I mentioned, I mentioned this earlier uh, in, our, in our first experience, like we have, to, we have to handle this tension between the providence of God, which means like God's all-knowing, all-powerful, like he's got things figured out, and also the will of humanity. Like we have to wrestle with this tension because when I reflect on, and I was even having a conversation with one of my kids, and it was a fantastic question that was asked, like, man, if, why would God even allow those people that enacted such terror that day to even be born if he knew what was gonna happen? I'm like, that's that tension between the providence of God and someone being created in God's image. Like God knew the purpose he created them for, and he knows the purpose he created me for. But I have a will to choose whether I'm going to believe and embrace or whether I'm going to allow the outside circumstances and pressures and focuses of the world to lead me in a different direction. And that's just, those are those things that as a human being, we can't always take our mind and really fully wrap it around those concepts, can we? Like at some point in time, smoke comes out your ears and you're like, it's beyond me. And that's okay because here's something that you got to understand about God. You're never supposed to understand everything. Yeah. 
That doesn't mean that you can't have understanding in the things of God, but if you could know everything and understand everything about God and make sense of everything in your life and in the world around you, we would not need faith. Proverbs tells us that we shouldn't be leaning on our our own understanding, but we should be acknowledging God in all our ways. So so that's, that's just kind of painting the picture. You know, we need to understand, like, to know who God created us to be as the church and to understand who God created you to be as a part of the body of Christ, we have to tackle our identity and not who we think we are, who we feel we are, not what the outside influences around us, whether it's media or peers or education systems that are saying, no, if you feel that way, you're this, you're that. No, we have to say, okay, God, would you help me to silence the confusion and help me by your grace come into a new reality, embracing you in the center of my life. And would you take me on this grace journey to discover not who I think I am, but who you say I am. And that's huge. And once we begin to walk in that direction, we will see the church come alive as well. Because all the, you know, you get into, Scripture starts talking about like the the analogy of the body of Christ and like a person. Like you have, you know, you have hands and fingers and eyes and you have internal organs and legs and feet. And and when when someone, if if my leg all of a sudden was like, I really don't like being a leg, if I, I feel like I'm an ear, and then you try to go running around on your one leg and your one ear. You've got a problem. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna function properly at all. Like it's it's kind of weird to even visualize. But but if in a comical sense we can translate that to the kingdom of God, if we all try to be something that we're not, even with good intentions, then we won't be able to function the way that God created the church to function. And so again, when I when I look back over you know the, these last twenty years to to 9-11 and the months and years that transpired afterwards. And yes, absolutely seeing God move in incredible way. Like there are movements that started out of that. There are churches that have been planted out of that. There are, are families and individuals who are on fire for God and doing things in their purpose that came out of that. But at the same time, there are also those, whether it was churches or individuals, that also waned off of that. And I think that's because whether it's busyness, whether it's just time, whether we allow the distractions of the day, the pressures of the day to get our eyes off of what is the center, then we begin to kind of lose track of who God says we are. God creates and he establishes, this is important, his word, the Bible, directs and confirms. His Holy Spirit empowers, leads, and complements the things that God puts in place. That's how you know God's a God of order. Like even in how he operates within his own identity. It's like, well, you know, I feel like the Spirit's telling me this. But that contradicts his word. So if it contradicts his word, then that's confusion. So something's off, and I don't think it's God. <laughs> you know, or, or I think the word means this when it says that, but it, that actually, it, but it contradicts the heart and the nature of the Father then we have to go back and say, okay, does God have a confusion problem or do we have a confusion problem? And so there's a lot of scripture right now that is being used, which I'm like, yeah, use scripture. And then you hear it used and you're like, oh, don't use that, okay? Because we we have this tendency when when we don't understand how God's trying to communicate, we will take what he says and make it fit into the version of God we've created for ourselves. 
We don't have a Jesus shortage right now. Like, I don't want you to think that at all. There's just a whole lot of them floating around that aren't actual Jesus. Does that make sense? There's a whole lot of people that by what they feel and what they think and what has been pushed on them, we have created a brand new, and literally thousands of brand new Jesuses that are still checking the same box of Christian, I'm a Christian, uh, we're a church, I believe in Jesus. And then when we begin to walk out the expression of what we say we believe, it's going off track from what it says here. And so I, I wanna communicate that because it's actually the grace of God that gives us such clarity to bring us into a place of knowing who God is, knowing what his nature is, knowing what the church is supposed to be and what the church is not supposed to be. Last week, we established that God does not work from the outside in. Does he use outside things? Absolutely. But the transformational identity work that God does in someone is always gonna be something that starts from the inside and works its way out. That's why when you, when you by faith put your, uh, make, make the decision of faith to accept Jesus, because it's by his grace he even revealed himself, but it's your faith decision that brings your will into alignment with his providence. But at that very moment, your spirit, which is the innermost part of who you are, that part is saved. That part is settled. But then you have another part of you called the soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I don't know about you, but my, my mind and will and my emotions, I got to deal with them every day. I can conquer them one day, go to bed, wake up the next day, and it's like something happened. And I've got to deal with my mind. I've got to deal with my thoughts. I've got to deal with the humanity of my emotions. I've got to make sure that on a brand new day that I'm still going to be submitted to the identity that God says that I am in him. And so if we, if we collectively kind of pull that reality together and who we are as Convo Church, when we begin to walk in the reality of our identity as a church, we will see amazing things happen through who God has created us to be. And Convo Church is a part of the body of Christ in our region. And the body of Christ in our region is a part of the global church around the world. And not just now in our modern times, Hebrews talks about the cloud of witnesses. Like we are a part of a church, even though at some point they didn't really call it church, but we are a part of a church in the kingdom of God that is way before us. And only God knowing the timing will be way after us as well. And so you gotta understand what we are a part of is so much bigger than the part that we play but the part that we play is so vital and key because it helps produce the fullness of what God can do through the body of Christ. Amen, does that, does that make sense? So like you can take this, wrap it up in some tinfoil, take it home for you because it applies to you, but you gotta understand the kingdom of God, when he died for you individually, but what the kingdom of God is doing is always so much bigger, always so much bigger, and God has called you to be a part of it. So uh, did I say Ephesians? Ephesians 1, right? Have you had time to turn there? Okay. All right, Ephesians chapter one. And we're gonna read a couple of verses here. I was, torn, I was actually torn today in the text of, of focusing on this passage in Ephesians or, or going in John chapter one and breaking down like the first 15 verses of John chapter one because uh, in, in my opinion, I believe that John chapter one is one of the most beautiful uh, and also theologically clear pictures of who Jesus is. 
if we're gonna make Jesus the center of our everything, then, man, we better know who Jesus is, right? Otherwise, we're gonna enthrone a version of Jesus that is not the center of the church. And that's happening, you know, we already talked about that a little bit. So, so maybe on your own, take some homework, read the first chapter of the book of John and just watch how the Holy Spirit inspires him to let you know, hey, Jesus wasn't just some figure that showed up 2,000 years ago from a weird Holy Ghost pregnancy in Mary and then lived a life and then died and rose from the dead and now he's Jesus. No, Jesus has been the center point of everything since the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. It's talking about Jesus, and the Word was God. Everything in the world was created through him. Nothing was created except through him. He's kind of covering these angles to let you know there's no exceptions to be found of Jesus not being the center of everything within God's plan. But we're going to do Ephesians. Okay. Are you there? Ephesians 1, um, verse 15. And this is so beautiful. Again, so understand, uh, I'll repeat it some more throughout this series. Uh, we got to understand that when you read Scripture, you cannot make Scripture mean to you what it did not mean to those that it was originally written to. It will 100% apply to you. That's why we still. That's why the Word of God is still alive and relevant and active. It's not some weird old historical book with some cool kind of questionable stories in the beginning and some really cool stuff in the end. Like, you know, I, I saw there's like a, a preview coming out for like for Samson, like the Samson movie. Have y'all seen that? The people that, that did Chosen are doing Samson. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're, I wonder what version of Samson this is going to be. Are we going to go there? Or is it just going to be like, you know, do-de-do, boo-boo, you know. Samson, yay for God. Oh, blind Samson. Anyway, okay, focus. All right, Ephesians 1. Gosh, stop distracting me, y'all. We're trying to read the Bible. It says, ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord and your love for God's people. Notice how those two go together. Strong faith in the Lord and your love for people ever, everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. I love the, 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 father, the, the pastoral father heart that Paul has here. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow. Somebody say grow. If you know Jesus and he's at the center of your life, you will grow spiritually. You will grow. Like, there, there, there's no, you know, when he's at the center, there's no existence where you've said yes, you got your fire insurance, you're pretty sure you're going to heaven, but you continue to live in the same broken sin that you were living in before. That's not an encounter with Jesus. That's an encounter with fear and religion. Jesus wants to transform you from the inside out. You're not gonna get it all perfected overnight. I get that. There's always gonna be temptation. There's always gonna be trial. There's always gonna be mistakes. But when you have Jesus at the center of who you are, you will return to him and quickly. Like, God, I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to do that. I'm really sorry about that. Would you please help me, forgive me, and help me to continue to grow? And the cool thing is, is that God in his grace and love and mercy is like, I'm with you, let's go. It's okay, you're forgiven. That's not who you are. Because, you know, a good father spends his time telling his kids who they are. And, and, and there is no greater father than our heavenly father. He's not telling you, how, he's not telling you what you did wrong. He's not, he's not beating you over the head with how you came up short. He's not telling you how disappointed he is in you. 
The heavenly father is saying, hey, let me just remind you who you are. And I love you, by the way. And you know what? It's okay. You came back to me, and it's going to be okay. We're going to grow out of this. We're going to work on this. We're going to see. You know, that's how the heavenly father works. And Paul's praying for him. He says, I want you to grow. Not just grow. He wants you to grow in the knowledge of God. He says, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light. We actually sang that in one of the songs this morning. That we would be flooded with light so that we can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Also, I pray. So, so I love Paul's, Paul's heart here as a leader. He's, he's not just giving them counsel. He's not just giving them little, little one-second TikTok videos to inspire their, their, their day. He's, he's in prayer for them. He's praying for them, and he's praying for specific things. He goes, also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. If you don't, if you don't put your faith in God, you're not going to be able to see the fullness of his power. You're like, God, if you show me this, then I'll believe. Yeah, yeah, maybe there's a couple of blind squirrels out there that found that nut somewhere, but that's not how God operates. We don't put the demands on God. It's like, if you do this, every once in a while, God's like, if that's what it's going to take, all right, Saul, I'll encounter you on the road to Damascus. I will, and, and just to prove it, I'm also going to make you blind. Do you want that? How about I knock you off that donkey, and then I'll tell you exactly who I am. Some of the things that, that, some of the methods God might use to really prove himself to you, you really actually probably don't want those. Something to think about. Where was I? So, yeah. So, so uh, all right. And this is the same power. So we're talking about God's power. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor, God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Verse 21. Now check these, these last couple of verses here. Like this is so huge because this is what, I'm, I'm trying to, as a church, I'm trying to take us somewhere, okay? I'm trying to lead you guys to something that is gonna be foundational for who we are, not just in a season, but in the identity of what God's created this church to be. He says, from uh, now, <clears throat> he is far, it's like speaking of Jesus, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. When it says above, it's not talking about elevation. Like, well, you know, it's above the atmosphere, so that's above, you know, how many feet and then some miles of there, somewhere there's heaven. No, it's talking about positional authority. It's talking about power. And Jesus is not just above all the authorities and the power in the church and in the kingdom of God. It says over all of them, every authority, every leader, every power, anywhere, anything else. Like he's trying to make sure that you're not like, well, what about, what about this one? No, he's got it all covered. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. I think right now we see a lot in the church, we're pretty good with the world to come part, right? We're like, oh yes, Jesus, you are the Lord, you are God Almighty, and, and in that world to come, everything is gonna be better, make it happen. But God wants you to know that he's also the God over everything in this world. Let's not forget where God has placed us right here, right now. You are in Reno, Nevada, Sparks, Nevada, Northern Nevada, wherever you came from or are watching from, 2021, it's not a mistake that you're here. God had a plan, and he knew it before you were born. And the, the faster that we embrace with, with gratitude where God has us now, the, the faster he will empower us with the purpose that he created us for. How often do we spend uh, years of our life and seasons of our life rejecting where God has placed us out of frustration because it doesn't mesh with maybe what we want or feel? And God's like, you'll never, I gotta, 
God's like, you will never get where I'm taking you until you embrace where I have you. And that is so huge. All right. God, God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Say all. all. Like I want us to get that. We're like all, you know, but, but like Christian all. So like church and, you know, Bible and stuff like that. No, all. Like this wasn't categorical within the church. Paul's addressing the church, but even here he's trying to tell the church in Ephesus, all means all, everybody. Let's break this down in the original Greek. It's some Greek word, and it means all. I had, I had to go to Bible college for that. And so he's, he's uh, authority over all and has made him the head over all things, check this out, for the benefit of the church. We have to let that sink in. It's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. All right, so Christ is head. He's the authority. He is all, everything. So whether it's Christian or whether we want to categorize as secular or non-Christian, whether it's in the kingdom of God or outside the kingdom of God, Christ is still the head over all. And the reason why he's the head over all isn't for the benefit of a nation, isn't for the benefit of a culture, isn't for the benefit of a color, isn't for the benefit of a tax bracket, it's for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. Why does he need a body? Because he... He's got to have something to put his spirit in. And that's what we'll see later when we start getting into Acts throughout this series. And the church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. I love that. Guys, listen, if we, we got to understand that as we kind of go in this direction as a church, and you're like, aren't we already in this direction as a church? We hope so. But I just feel like when we look at what's happening in the church world around us, that we, we have this, this backwards idea that we are on our own and the world's out there and guys, we just gotta stick together so we can survive. That's not the identity of the church. The identity of the church is that God has placed us here with his authority over all things. There's no leader, no uh, government official, no nation, no world power, no nobody that has authority over Christ. It may look that way, but we are not going to be driven in our faith and our identity by what things look like or what things feel like or what we think outside of the truth of the word of God. We will dedicate ourselves as a church, and we always say, by the grace of God, because we are people. So there's sometimes where we may zig when we should have zagged. That's okay. But we're always going to come back. We're going to come back to, to God. All right, I think maybe we're off. And that's what we're doing now. I don't think we're off, but I want to make sure that as a church, we're going and we're being what God says that we can be. Because, yeah, church is something that we get to do, but more importantly, church is something that we get to be together. And when we begin to be the church that Jesus is the center of, there is no power on earth. There is no authority, no principality or power of darkness that can stand against and stop what God wants to do. And what God wants to do, if you have any question of what that is, is he wants to seek and save everything that is lost. Absolutely everything. 
He wants to seek and save broken marriages that everyone's given up on. He wants to seek and save the homeless, the prostitutes, the drug addicts, the, the, the drug dealers. He wants to seek and save the politicians, the governments, everything in between. He wants to seek and save everything that has been broken that is under his authority because he wants to do it for the benefit of the church because the church is the representation of the kingdom of God here on earth. So when we don't walk in the authority of who we are with the right identity of who we are individually and as a church, then we are not representing heaven on earth. And we can sing the songs all we want. We can pray the prayers all we want. We can recite the, you know, the Lord's Prayer as it is in heaven here. We can do that all we want. But until we get aligned with the identity of Christ at the center of who we are and at the center of the church, nothing else is really going to matter. We're gonna spin our religious wheels. We're gonna get tired. We're gonna get exhausted. We're gonna get frustrated. We're gonna get disillusioned. We're gonna fall into patterns of religiosity, which forces different things in the church that aren't supposed to be there, which makes people question their faith and deconstruct this and deconstruct that, all because we've taken our eyes off of Jesus being the center of who we're supposed to be. And it's possible by the grace of God. This isn't something that's like, oh man, this is gonna be hard. No, I think this is gonna be fantastic. And we, when we begin to understand who we are, because we know whose we are, man, I'm talking about authority within our church. You wanna talk about the sick being healed, the lost being saved, the blind receiving their sight, resources to do things that everybody's looking at other agencies and governments to take care of, and we can say, no, we got that. We'll take care of that. Now, uh, you're cutting funding for that program. I get it, budget stink. We'll take care of that for you. We, we'll, we'll clean up that park. We'll, we'll build that facility. We'll, we'll, we'll pay for the staffing for that department. Like stuff that you're like, was oh, that in the Bible? Well, generosity is. And the kingdom of God should be able to lead with generosity because Jesus is at the center of who we are. And God's gonna provide for absolutely everything that we need. So can I pray for you? And um, don't you love it when I ask? Like, no, no, I'm good. I'm gonna pray for you. It's gonna happen. Listen, with our prayer wall in the back, if you've got something going on, and that, that you want others to be standing and praying with you, man, don't leave before putting up on that wall back there. If you got some private stuff, you know, be, use discernment about what you put up there. And if it's somebody else, don't throw somebody under the bus through a prayer request, you know, unspoken. No, I'm joking. Um, but but don't, don't, don't leave. Like, allow people, because we, we pray over that wall. All the time, I see people, they go back there, they stare, I see them putting their hands on the wall. They're praying over that wall. And those sticky notes that you see up there, those are answered prayers. That's God moving. And there's, there's twice as many sticky notes today as there was last week. And I'm believing for more. And we're believing for you. So listen, you don't have to have it all figured out theologically and memorize everything from Genesis to Revelation, but we are gonna dive in. We're gonna grow. And just like Paul was praying for the Ephesians church, I think that prayer, we can embrace that for ourselves. God wants us to know him more and more so that we can see the same power that raised Jesus from the dead come alive inside of us outside the walls of the church so that we can go be the body of Christ, so that we can see the kingdom of God come here on earth as it is in heaven. I'm so excited for y'all. I'm so excited for what God wants to do in your life. I'm so excited to kick the devil in the teeth and let him know that he doesn't have any power or authority over your life. He doesn't get to have the final say in your relationships. He doesn't get to have the final say in the challenges that you face. He doesn't get to, to, to tell you who you are and who you're not. 
No, I'm excited for y'all. I'm excited for our church. I'm excited for what God's doing around the world right now. It's a good time to be alive, church. And don't let anybody else tell you differently. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.